It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. your host of your daily dose of awesome. On this show, I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. Now, I have to warn you, today's episode is a little longer than others because I have two very special people that I can't wait to bring onto the show. So, make sure you listen to all of it because they have a super important message that they want to share with you. Anyway, lately there has been something burning in my soul. I've been in prayer over this and so many thoughts and ideas have been running through my head once again. Last week was my week to spend at my husband's house. And if you haven't been listening for a very long time, my husband and I live an hour apart due to our careers. It's a long story. Anyway, when I'm at my own home, I don't watch the news. When I'm with him, I watch it. This kind of helps me keep my sanity as far as the media is concerned. The negative news is kind of rationed out to me organically. When I'm in my own home, I wake up have my coffee, write in my journal, pray, and read outside with the birds on my front porch. I get up before my kids, so all is quiet and peaceful. Then I start the day. When I'm with my husband, we also wake up together, which is nice. We have our coffee, we watch the news, and then we get angry. Now, our careers, and he's a minister, and I'm many things, as you all know, Um, but our careers make it important for us to know what's going on in the world. We can't just shut off the news entirely, although I would love to do that. He watches the news every day, and again, I get it rationed to me, and I have to admit, the fact that I do not watch every day truly helps my mental health. As a nation, we are very divided in so many ways. There are the mask wearers and the non-mask wearers. There's the police supporters and the non-police supporters. There's the people who support the president and the people who do not. And then there are the racists and the non-racists. That's the latest. But let me clarify something first about this statement. I really don't like to use the term racist. I feel that it is a very strong term to use. I mean, it has some very negative connotations to it and I just I just don't like 
using that word. But there isn't any other word to put in its place. But every single one of us has had our hand in racism in some way, no matter what color you are. For example, have you ever told a joke that was a little off color or laughed at one? Does that make you a racist? In my opinion, no. I really wish there was a word or words that existed in our language that covered all these other very real yet mild levels of racism. And again, I don't even want to use that word, but I don't know what other word to use. That act of, you know, making generalizations of people that are, that are different from you, I guess I should say. At any rate, I'm thinking very hard lately about all of these very heated topics. I pray every day for God to use me somehow to have my hand in fixing all of these problems. I know that I cannot do it single-handedly, but I can reach people in my corner of the world. And by sharing all the thoughts going on in my head with you, I hope that you too will reach your corner of the world and help promote peace. The one thought that I want to address today is trying to figure out how to do something to heal our world. I see the marches and the riots and the protests. They definitely have raised awareness for their topics of choice. At this point, most of us are aware of what's going on, and it's a lot. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just flip on the news. Or I'm sorry, I'm not interested in participating in any marches or protests. We want them to be peaceful, but right now we live in a world where if we don't agree, disrespect and violence and hatefulness and all sorts of other things could possibly come our way. I don't want to put myself or my family in an unsafe position. I want to be involved in creating a world of peace where we can express ourselves in a peaceful manner and also disagree with each other but still stay connected in a positive way. I want to help create a world where we listen to each other and not shame each other for lack of knowledge. There is so much on my mind, and I'm not going to be able to put it all in one episode. So be on the lookout for more content to come because my heart and mind is overflowing right now with things we can do to heal our nation. I think all of us can agree, though, that if we could just be kind to one another, most, if not all, of these very huge problems could be solved. God knows my heart and knows that right now, more than ever, I want to do my part. I really feel that he has brought my two special guests to me. They found me. Often when I have guests on my show, which I know has not been too often lately, I'm the one that seeks them out. These two ladies found me. I really believe it was a divine intervention. Their names are Melissa Burmaster and Jacqueline Lindsay. They are the co-founders and CEOs of Kindness.org, which studies and facilitates the best and most effective ways to be kind. I have to add that they are world changers too. They have recently written a book, which I cannot say enough great things about. I'm going to stop here with my intro and just play the interview for you so you can get to know them a little better, learn about their mission, and be inspired. I could really go on and on about these two, but I will let the interview speak for itself.
right. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. I know that you um, are the co-founders and CEOs of kindness.org, but we all wear many different hats. So what other titles do you guys have? This is Jacqueline. Um, I am wife, mom, world adventurer, <laughs> new author, keynote speaker. Um, so many, many hats. And Melissa? <laughs> Hi, uh, this is Melissa Bremister. Um, and yeah, I'm also a mom. I think that's probably my biggest second hat, a mom to a wonderful daughter, three-year-old. And in addition to that, similar to Jacqueline speaking, uh, some advising for startups and small businesses. And most recently, since everyone has transitioned to uh, distance everything <laughs> due to COVID, I am tech support for my entire family. Oh, okay. Now, how do <laughs> you meet each other? We, we um, work together at another charity in New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Very good. And, um, okay. So you are the CEOs of kindness.org and I have been all over your site and I think it is incredible, especially for what our nation is going through right now. Um, I totally believe that, um, that kindness is definitely the way that we should be going at this time, especially more than any other time. Um, I get very frustrated when I see our country becoming even more divided than it was. And um, one thing that I think is really attractive about um, your mission is trying to get people to be kind. And I feel like if we could do that, we could um, have a little bit more unity and a much better world. Um, but I will stop talking about it and let you guys tell my listeners about your website and how it got started and what inspired you. Go for it, Jack. Uh, so first, you know, we're so excited to be with you today, Cindy. I think the importance of getting this mission out there has never felt so timely. Um, and we felt like that a couple months ago during the pandemic. And I think it's only heightened because of everything taking place um, in, in, in our country and in our world, frankly, around race relations. And, uh, and I couldn't agree more that this is when kindness is truly needed and we're being put to the test in, in ways we haven't um, before. So thank you for inviting us uh, on to talk about this. The origin of kindness is uh, very serendipitous and was really one where Melissa and I and, and a third friend who's our third co-founder all independently landed on the idea that kindness was something we wanted to spend more time doing personally for ourselves, but then it ended up translating into what is now kindness.org. So it became what we, we are doing professionally as well, which is such an incredible gift that we were able to um, turn this in from a passion, you know, a personal belief, a, a mantra, a mission into it's a full-fledged global organization helping people choose kindness every day around the world. And uh, it, um, it began almost four, coming up on um, four years ago, which is 
unbelievable to see uh, it go from just a conversation and a dream into a reality. And, and now here we are, and, and we've had a lot of beautiful things emerge um, over the years in the work that we've done and, and what we've been able to do to help people cultivate kindness. The mission of our organization is to educate and inspire people to choose kindness. And the idea behind that is we really wanted to operate at the center of being underpinned by science and using data to help inform the work we do, the programs we build, the products we develop. But we wanted to couple it with showing the real side of kindness through inspirational story and content and highlighting the idea that every act matters. And so we bridge those two things together and put out from social to uh, education curriculum we've launched called Learn Kind um, into things that activate people to ultimately choose kindness. And I think the biggest thing that we want to acknowledge, and it's so important that we um, help listeners understand, is kindness is a choice. It has so many powerful things about it and things that draw us to it is that it's measurable, it's actionable, um, it can often not cost uh, any money, even though it might take, you know, an emotional commitment or a time commitment. Um, and, uh, and at the end of it all, though, it still is an individual choice that every single human has to either choose to do or not do. And, um, and that's what we think makes it so powerful is we're here to help guide and facilitate and provide the tools and resources that you might need, but it still is up to each of you to ultimately choose that. Yes, I, I do like um, how it's kind of interactive. Um, so I don't know, Melissa, did you want to add anything else to what Jacqueline was saying? Um, sorry, interactive about the, the website or anything yeah, in general? Yeah, well, I like that. I like how, um, because it's one thing to, like, everybody knows they should be kind, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I do like on the website how you have all these different ideas and ways to be kind in so many different ways because often, you know, a lot of people say, um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of what other people are going to think about me. Um, I just mm -hmm. recently did a letter writing challenge and um, for 30 days I wrote a letter to somebody in my life and I don't, I can't really put words to why that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that is, but um, I did notice that as I was going along, I was getting really good feedback. Um, mm -hmm. And as a teacher, um, I've also, you know, encouraged kids to be kind. And um, that's what I also wanted to talk about your educational piece about your website as well. But, um, but it's addictive. Like once you do it, it feels really good. Um, and I don't know if you have any data on that, but for as to why it feels really good in ways that I can't explain and then it becomes addictive. So I like that you have on there. Um, it's like a, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you guys can explain it better. Like where people can write about their experiences and it looks exactly. like it keeps a, it keeps a count. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like that idea. Um, but Melissa, did you want yeah. to add anything else to the philosophy or the description that Jacqueline just gave? Yeah, I think um, Jacqueline, that was wonderful. I think in, in regards to the website itself and when we were trying to encourage kind acts, you we did get in the beginning, especially, you know, some people who 
who it is sometimes uncomfortable to talk about. And, you know, this idea that, oh, if I'm telling somebody about this kind act that I did, maybe it invalidates it. Like kindness should be this private, quiet thing. And while that can be true and and it can be nice to do anonymous acts of kindness, there's real power in the inspiration for other people. And also we wanted to learn, you know, not everything's going to go right all the time and that's okay. And we really wanted to make sure we had a safe place for conversation for somebody to say, Hey, I tried this kind act, or I was nervous doing this, or this went wrong. Um, let me tell you about it. Or more importantly, Hey, this was the impact. And that will hopefully inspire you. Know, we talk a lot about con- kindness being contagious and the impact it has not only, you know, doing a kind act or receiving a kind act, it's actually the single most reliable way to boost your own well-being and the well-being of another person at the same time. But there's power in witnessing that. And yeah. we tried to bring all of that to the site and really to every aspect of our mission. So you guys, on a, now you have this website and it's up and people are interacting, but, um, but behind the scenes, you're still, um, you're still gathering data. Is that correct? And so do you have, like, what are your current, what are your current experiments? I'm not sure what to call them exactly, but what are your current um, findings at the moment? Yeah, so the way that we think about the work we do, the site is really to house information on our findings and on the programs that we've developed to cultivate kindness in classrooms, in workplaces, Um, and then it's where you can engage with finding acts of kindness that you might want to try for yourself and and what Melissa was speaking to, share your story um, and experience with us so we can continue to learn. But behind the scenes, like you're saying, we have a few initiatives that we are tackling. So Kind Lab is our research arm, and it's where we're constantly investigating kindness, and we do that in a few ways. We conduct our own research, we assess existing research or other literature out there on the topic, Um, And then we have just initiated something called Kind Fund, where we're testing out funding researchers who want to study something, and um, it's adjacent to the work of kindness, and so we can give a small grant um, to help further the research. The biggest thing that Kind Lab is focusing on is actually trying to understand what are the acts of kindness that are most effective during these unique times we're in. And so we had the um, uh, fortune to be able to collaborate with some brilliant researchers out of Harvard University who look at things like the cost and benefit of our choices. And we applied that to acts of kindness during COVID. And the idea was so often people want to help, but they don't know where to begin. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's useful or helpful or beneficial. And there can be a lot of good at, good intentions, but bad recommendations. <laughs> so we've started using language, um, instead of saying random acts of kindness, recommended acts of kindness. The idea being that if we can really start to put together a database for people where you can come and be guided on what is a recommended act of kindness that you can do that you know the effect it will have, the benefit it will have, um, that that will hopefully increase the likelihood and participation for people choosing kindness. 
So if you visit our site right now, all of the acts that we're highlighting are acts specific to our learnings out of uh, that research that we did. It, it was a study um, looking at more than 100 acts of kindness that could be done in the middle of a pandemic. And we're actually interested in doing a very similar, um, applying a similar framework to looking at acts of kindness around race relations. And so, again, I think um, it's really important to us that we try and learn and understand as much as we can about how kindness manifests, how it's perceived, how it's understood. And uh, that can only come by learning as much as we can about how it shows up in the real world. And that's what this research allows us to do. So yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a cool thing. It's really, really interesting. Um, okay, and I'm going to talk about your book, I promise. Um, I do have one more thing because I am a fifth grade teacher and a Sunday school teacher and the children's ministry director for my church. And um, I was looking around and I noticed you guys had some really cool resources for teachers. Um, but it, uh, what's the, um, I'm just at a loss for words right now. What do you guys call it? Um, when Learn kind. Yeah, learn kind. Yes, thank you. Learn kind. Now, prior to COVID, because it has your little update on how you had to stop what you were doing. So um, what were you doing um, in the schools um, is one thing, and I want to know how I can get involved. Yeah. Melissa, you want to take it? Awesome. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we started out with everything like we've done since the beginning with kindness.org and really tried to be underpinned by research. And in this case, not just scientific research, but market research, if you will, and say, what, what did teachers actually need? What were the gaps in terms of curriculum? And if you were going in and trying to teach kindness, what was going to be the most useful tool for educators across the U.S.? And at what grades? And we ended up landing on a curriculum. It's for K through eight, which is really exciting. And it is inquiry based. So the whole premise is this idea that you're empowering the kids and turning them into student scientists and saying, hey, you know, the, the data tells us that kindness can improve your well-being, can make you happy. But what kind acts actually lead to the most happiness? And have the kids form a hypothesis, do these kind acts, report back on them, and really go through, like you were saying earlier, that self-discovery of, wow, doing a kind act makes me feel really good. <laughs> and it's really impactful for you know, whomever I did that kind act for. So that, that's the idea. It was trying to take the, the science of it all and bringing it down to a kid level, scaffolded um, across and, and bringing in some really important skills, soft skills like empathy and cooperation and self-awareness. And if I wanted to get involved with that as a teacher, like, do I just go and fill out the form that you have there? And then do you have like, you know, um, like a PDF or something that the teachers can follow? Because I do have a lot of teachers that are listeners too, so. Um. Yeah, we are ramping up for fall and uh, we are really excited to connect with as many educators as we can. We think what this program is doing that's so unique is, um, well, one, it's completely free. So um, teachers everywhere can gain access to it. And we have a very hands-on 
team ready to support you um, with bringing the curriculum into your classroom. But the thing that we're really planning and accounting for is the uncertainty of the fall. Mm -hmm. And that some teachers may be virtual, they may have split classes, they um, don't know yet if they're going to be back in the classroom or if they are, will, will a second wave come and schools are closing again. So we're um, adapting the curriculum. It was originally designed to be done in the classroom uh, setting only, but we're adapting it to offer multiple pathways for whatever experience the teachers in, whatever environment they're in, that this curriculum can support them. And then more than that, specifically support them coming out of this crisis. So helping to ensure the well-being is um, prioritized to both them as the teacher and the child, uh, because this, I think we can all agree, no one was prepared for the implications this was going to have on the teacher, on the parent, and on the child. So if anyone out there wants to learn more, we'd love to get you involved. But yes, the easiest thing you can do is to fill out that form and our team will be in touch within a day or two. Um, and we've got a PDF and um, all the information we can provide to you to answer any questions. And we'd love to hear from you. We want this to be in as many classrooms as possible this fall. Yeah, I will definitely be sharing that with my colleagues because one thing I'm trying to do is um, after having this experiment or this experience with the pandemic and even prior to this mess, um, I've been wanting to just teach positivity and kindness, like as a class, mm -hmm. um, like as a special, like, you know, art, music, gym, and kindness class, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I've been trying, it's very challenging. The biggest challenge right now for teachers, at least for me, um, is incorporating it into the few minutes, it feels like a few minutes of time that we have with our kids. Um, so I teach fifth grade and, um, at the moment, I think I'm supposed to get 90 minutes with them. Um, but again, we don't know what that's gonna look like because um, you know, there's all these models that we could end up having. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, we have the state tests. And so it's like, oh, you know, I think for me, I feel like the kindness part of this is like, just as important as me teaching science to the kids, um, especially when I've watched my own child fall apart during the pandemic. Um, her mental health has been really affected by all of this. Um, and I've proposed that idea. Um, I just, it just seems like the logistics are really difficult, um, but I'm really looking forward to trying to take what you guys have done and try to incorporate that into my classroom. Um, and I've been doing it, but it's just never been anything consistent. But what I've discovered is that my kids, I, what I was doing was, I, I don't know if you heard of Ron Clark. Um, he has a book called The Essential 55, and it's um, 55 rules um, on how to learn how to be respectful and kind, basically. Um, and it just incorporates school. And I would teach my kids one rule a day. But then we started running out of time. And they would say, when are you going to tell us the rule for the day? And we would practice it and things like that. We would make it really fun. Um, but then it ended up being, well, I don't, we don't have time. We've got to get to science. We don't have time. We don't have time. So I've been really trying to get um, our district to move to um, making it, it like another class where that's all I taught because that would really be fun. <laughs> But I think super important too. Okay, so then you so you have this website, and then how did the book um, 
come about? And go ahead and say the title of your book as well. Sure. The the book is called Be Kind, A Year of Kindness, One Week at a Time. And, you know, it was a little bit of the the dream scenario, I guess. We got a cold email to to our um like help desk uh, at, at kindness.org and, and we make it a well, we reply to every single message. And in this one, it was like, what is this? And could this be real? And Jacqueline, you know, I don't think it was really until we were sitting in the publisher's office in New York City that we looked at each other after leaving and we were like, wow, this is really going to happen. <laughs> we're going to do you this. And you weren't thinking yeah. about it at the time. It just kind of fell into No, it. no, not at all. They reached out. They had been feeling, you know, the importance of kindness and, and kind of the lack of, of this style of book um, around the topic and did a bunch of research and reached out, said, hey, we would, we would really like to have a book um, on the topic of kindness and we would love to have you guys author it. Would you like to have a conversation? That's really cool. So um, why don't you go ahead and explain um, the makeup of the book? Because it's not like it's a, it's not like a novel. It's, so I, I would rather you guys go ahead and do the explaining of that. I love it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so it was really trying to bring our mission to life. So going back to this idea that we blend science with inspiration with action, we have created um, a guide where you get these 52 vignettes. So, you know, a week, a week, a year, if you were to read it in that format, although we've heard from so many people, they just kind of read it all through or, or yeah. they're doing silly. So there's really no wrong way, which is wonderful. But you learn a scientific fact or finding about kindness. We invited um, scientists and advisors and researchers in our network from around the world to contribute to that. And so you learn about like, just like you were asking the ripple effects of kindness or um, how it's contagious and um, uh, it's in bite-sized pieces of content. And then you move into being um, led through an inspirational contribution where people share stories of kindness that happened to them and uh, the effect it had. And those are real life people, everyday people from around the world. We do Q and A formats um, and we do letters um, letters of gratitude, for example. So you kind of get a mix of ways to see kindness and how it's shown up in people's lives. And then we end with encouraging you as the reader to try an act of kindness that week or that day. And uh, it's very thematic. So each of the 52 vignettes, you know, some are talking about forgiveness and, and you learn about it and you hear the story and then you're encouraged to try something in that vein. Um, and then another week might be smiling and, and kind of housed together around the effect of a smile. So that's the journey that we take you on. It really is beautiful too to look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm thinking like an idea just now popped in my head that, um, you know, I'm thinking I was doing the E55 book, but I could like start every week and read a little because it's really not that long. I mean, it's not, you know, if you don't like to read, <laughs> you know, it's not intimidating or anything like that. So maybe I could read to my kids. And, um, and make it their goal to do the little act of kindness for the week. So maybe yeah. I will incorporate, that's one way, maybe I'll incorporate it into, um, into school. 
Now, how long did it take you to go from getting that email to actually holding the final copy in your hand? 11 months. Wow. That, see, now to me, I know, I mean, that seems really fast to me. It's so fast. <laughs> it was so fast. I mean, were you going crazy? <laughs> it yeah. was such a, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a labor of love. I, I don't think I could have done it with anybody but Jacqueline. You know, we were working, we're already working together. We're both working moms and now we're co-authoring this book. And it was just like, it was a lot of late, late, late nights and obviously couldn't have done it without amazing support um, from friends and family. But yeah, it, it was fast. <laughs> Now, here's my other question, because I would, I would love to be in your position. Like, I would love to be able to write a book one day. I really don't have a clue as to about what. I just think the idea of it sounds really cool. Or maybe turning my podcast or my blog into a book. Like, as soon as I got that book in the mail, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have thought about doing something like this. Um, mm. But I'm not an author and never you know, my entire life, it has really never crossed my mind until I became an adult. Um, and so neither of you were authors either, right? This is your first book. Yes. So yes. there was a lot of learning along the way, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, so <laughs> what are some of the things that you struggled with? Like if you could name each of you name one thing that was a major struggle, like in the process of learning something new because I feel like a lot of my listeners there's things that we want to do and this includes myself there's things that we want to like I want to write a book too but I don't have any clue on how to go about it like how do you overcome that so what did you do like what was something that was brand new to you that you were like oh my gosh I have no idea um, and then how did you battle through that and overcome it Mm -hmm. I know I kind of caught you off guard with that one. No, no, <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just share the first thing that came to mind when you asked that. And it was that, um, not forcing this book to be all things and allowing room for one intention of what it should be to breathe and to live. Um, and the example that comes to mind, like how that tangibly showed up is that I am so passionate about kindness across so many things in our world, um, like the prison system or, or you know, our, our justice system. Um, and uh, I didn't, at first I wanted to feel like, is there a way to have that integrated because that's so important, but it was allowing, um, uh, I think acceptance. It was like giving the the acceptance and grace that this is the first, hopefully, of of other projects we'll get to do where we are putting our work out there. And so, not forcing the book to be something it's not um, was like a really big learning and, and something I had to grapple with and like surrender ultimately um, to the intention of it and and letting that be what I gave my mind and energy and heart too. Now the people that um, reached out to you, did they kind of help you? Because <laughs> like I can see myself getting this email and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then be like, oh, okay, what do I, what do I, <laughs> like were they yeah. helpful like with the process? They were, they, they were excellent. And I think that's where we took a lot of guidance, at least around the 
the format and all of the education around the book industry and distribution and categories and and what small decisions like do you include photography or not oh that bumps you into a whole different category and then you're going to be stuck in a certain section of the store so those types of things really um we had a great relationship with the publisher and, and we were very lucky that we both trusted them and felt like they were good mentors throughout the process now melissa was there anything that you um struggled with that you were able to overcome <laughs> you know, it's similar, similar to Jacqueline. I think it's like, you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I have this opportunity. I'm, I have a chance to, to write a book and you want it to be perfect and you want everything to be in it because you're like, this is my shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, it's going to be in print. I can't fix it. You know, we're, we're so used to digital. I've, I've done tons of websites and products, but hey, you can just update it easily if something's wrong, you know, or you have a new idea and this was going to be this long lasting thing in print. And so that was pretty intimidating to get over the fact that, you know what, there probably was going to be a chance after we got it in our hands that I was going to read through it and be like, Ooh, <laughs> we should have done this, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and letting, letting go, like Jacqueline said, and just trying to sink in and, and letting it be the best it could be and, and understand it was a fast timeline. And that was more important. We felt like to get it out in the world and hopefully have it be like Jacqueline said, again, the first. And I think it ended up be, because we didn't try and, but all of our ideas, it allowed it to really breathe and it's powerful and, and the response has been great and it's real and it's just, I, I'm so happy <laughs> with it, but it was hard to let go. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I think it's, it's, I really enjoy it. I am reading it cover to cover um, because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to know what it was before I talked to you guys, um, <laughs> but um, I love this stuff. I mean, I am so into what you're doing um and i'm so excited it's my birthday today by the way so it's Happy very exciting birthday. oh thank you it's very exciting to get to talk to you guys on my birthday um <laughs> and uh and as soon as we're done i'm going to be shooting off that form because um i'm feeling very inspired and motivated and i want to take care of that um now can the book be found on amazon which seems to be one of the most popular ways to get books at this time yes yep, absolutely Okay, and I will have a link to that um, on my website and in the show notes. And then um, the last thing I would just wanted to close with um, is if you guys could um, let people know once again where to find you, because um, I, I, like I said, I'm very excited about what you're doing. Huge supporter. Um, I am going to do everything I can to get your message out because I'm so on board with you. And, um, and my listeners um, are very much into this as well. So together, we really, really want to spread this message. So how do we get a hold of you? Thank you for that, Cindy. Um, yeah, we'd love to get you involved. Anyone? anywhere. Um, so easiest thing is really going to, to our organization name, which is also our site and it's kindness.org. And uh, we have a few things on the homepage that you can do to get more involved. Um, so you can find what resonates with you and, and get involved that way. We're very um, involved on social across Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So we can um, send you the links to include in the show notes for that as well, if that's helpful. Yes, that um, would be great. 
great. Um, and Melissa, anything else? Um, no, everything's on the website. I think that's, that's the great thing about kindness.org. <laughs> it's the URL. Yeah, it's pretty easy to remember too. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right. Well, I will let you guys go, but I, this has been awesome and I just look forward to seeing what you're going to do. And, um, and I really, really very much want to be a part of it. So, um, it's going to be great. I, it, it is great already. So thank you once again for being here and, um, and I hope to hear from you guys again. Definitely. Thank, all right. thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you are inspired to join Melissa, Jacqueline, me, and so many others to promote peace through kindness. Check out their website at kindness.org. I also put a link in the show notes to their book titled Be Kind, A Year of Kindness, One Week at a Time. Also, don't forget to join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Y-D-D-O-A. You can also find me on Instagram at your DD of Awesome and on Twitter at Cindy Liming, which is C-Y-N-D-I and Liming is L-I-M-I-N-G. Be sure to check out my website at yddoa.com where you will find all of the deals and episodes of your daily dose of awesome. Make it an awesome week and remember to be kind. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.